Welcome to DT Madness, Chronicles from the Third Life, Episode 18, July 31st, 2022. So glad you could make it. This is uh, a Sunday, a little bit delayed from the usual podcast release um, on the weekends. Just fresh off of our trip to New York and then a couple of other activities this weekend. The format of this, which is called, I think, DT Sam and Fluff came to New York. Uh, We'll see how that title works out. Um, I just have a piece of paper with a bunch of words written on it, and so this is not my usual production, not my usual format, and so we'll see how this off-the-cuff already not too good, huh? But anyway, uh, just a little bit of background. Sam turned 18. He's a, a New Year's baby. He turned 18 January 1st of this year. And in our family, one of the things, uh, one of the many kind of things that we do is, is we make the 13th birthday a big deal and we make the 18th birthday a big deal. It just kind of came about that way. Um, for Sam's 13th, we went up to Wrigley Field and saw a few games. And, um, and so for his 18th birthday, I had gotten tickets to see Phantom of the Opera in New York as well as fish at Madison Square Garden over uh, for their New Year's run this past winter. But then, what was it, Delta? Was it Omicron? Whatever it was, the new wave that happened at that point, and um, those fish shows got canceled. And so anyway, we got our our trip refunded and rearranged for this past week. And so we, we spent three days... Um, Three full days, I guess, in and around New York. So we'll just kind of take them, take them one at a time. And so, again, this is the 18th trip. I don't know why I feel like I need to say this. You can judge me if you want, but we uh, we made it the the best. We made it first class, and so we flew first class on American Airlines, or at least we were supposed to. I, I will admit that part of that uh, is because the one time before that I flew in first class, it made me feel more comfortable. And I don't just mean that physically. I mean that mentally. I have had a fear of flying. Um, one of the things that happened on this trip is that I overcame that and didn't even really have, um, didn't even really flinch on the way home. And so anyway, this really episode is not about me. So um, we we drove out and, and I love to get places early. That's just what I do. I like to leave earlier than, you know, if, if we need to leave at 10, then I'm ready to go at nine 30. And, uh, I like to do that in part or maybe even in whole, because if things go sideways, then we've got time to deal with it. And, you know, the, the worst case we get to the place 30 minutes ahead of time, and we've got to just find time to, uh, we got to wait, you know, you got to wait, but the stress of getting there and making sure that you're there on time and all that kind of stuff, especially for flights. 
So we left and we got to the long-term one parking lot in Charlotte. Um, and as soon as we parked in section N and we're getting out of the car to catch the bus to the terminal, I got the notification from my phone through the, the American Airlines app that said our flight was canceled. Of course, all this travel mess is happening all across the country anyway. Uh, and so I was anticipating some hiccups, uh, but our flight that was scheduled to leave at one got canceled. And they said the next flight that we could get would be at six. Well, we had tickets for Phantom of the Opera at eight o'clock. And so already we're like, well, dang, you know, we'll, we'll we may end up having to miss Phantom, but whatever. Like, All right, let's just get to the terminal and see what we can do. So we go on in to the terminal, talk to the American Airlines customer service reps, and we were scheduled to fly into JFK. But they said, well, I'll tell you what, we can. We got you one. We can get you to LaGuardia, and that one leaves. I think you'll board at 1252. Perfect. We're there. We're there in plenty of time to make that change, to get to the whatever different gate. And so we're set. We go through the, you know, all we have are our carry on bags. And so we go through the, the, the screeners and all is well. And we head to the gate with, with all the time and get, I don't even remember. Oh, we, we, we walked around for a while. Oh, we had a good time walking on those moving sidewalk things, you know, like we were the 64, what is that? The bionic man, you know, with making all the sounds, Sam was, was ice skating. Like he was doing ice skating motions as we go. So we're having a good time. We're having a good time walking on those things. No stress at all. We've got our flight. And, uh, I can't remember the name, the 1897 grill. We had a, a nice sit down sandwich for lunch, ready to roll, go. And the, the, the one problem, the one thing that we, that we have lost at this point is that by changing flights from, you know, our original flight was canceled. And so the, the new flight to LaGuardia was full and the first class or business class, if you will, seats, they didn't have those for us. Now they had had us on the, you know, they had us on the list of we're first to get in if somebody doesn't claim those seats, but whatever, we, we didn't end up in first class. And so now we're backed up to group eight or nine, which means as always, the flights are booked full and there's not enough room, even though I don't know why they do it that way. But so we had to check our roll on bags. Kind of inconvenient at this point, just inconvenient. We'll come back to those in just a little bit. But we're in row 13. We're fairly close to the front anyway. And, um, so we get on the flight, Sam and I don't get to sit beside each other, but we're in rows across from each other. So we can see each other a little bit. I mean, it's his first flight on a plane like that. Um, he had flown out of the Shelby jet port before, but, um, so we get on the plane anyway. And, you know, my style, I put my earbuds in my sunglasses on. I just, I fall into what I call the heart of stone as I take from. Patrick Rothfuss and try to just, you know, settle in and not think about, you know, flying on the airplane again, like I said, on the way home, that wasn't even, uh, what wasn't an issue anymore. So we push back from the gate, you know, we push back from the gate and, um, the captain comes on and says, well, got some bad news for you. We're going to have to wait at least an hour before we take off. And hopefully we'll be able to take off at 255. 
259 maybe something like that and we're like oh man so we're there we're on the airplane and but we're still in good shape you know it's an hour and 20 flying time you know 20 15 minutes to get to the gate we're in super great shape to get to new york get to phantom so we we we're there we finally do we do get to take off around three ish and um so we're flying and we we're there and we're it's bumpy, man. It was bumpy. It was a bumpy ride. And, you know, not like, not like terrible. I mean, it was turbulent. That was all just not, um, nothing where you maybe one time where I was like, Oh, you know, but most of the time just kind of a bumpy flying through a stormy kind of day. Um, and we get on up closer to New York and the pilot comes on and, and says, well, we've been shut out of LaGuardia three times. We've been in a holding pattern. And so we're going to have to divert to Newark um, to land so that we can refuel. And then we'll zip you back over to LaGuardia. It's very stormy day. It was. That's what it was. It was a very stormy day all up and down the East Coast, but especially around LaGuardia. And it just had the whole system snarled. It had a whole thing uh, backed up. And so... Um, I'm looking at my watch. I'm thinking, you know what? What we could do is we could get off here in Newark. It would be a very expensive cab ride or whatever, but we would we would get to the theater on time because at this point it's still, I don't know, 5.45, 6 o'clock or something like that. And they do let people get off, but we had to check our bags. And so they wouldn't let us get those bags. Those bags were going to LaGuardia. And so we didn't really have a choice. We're on the plane. The guy that I talked to anyway beside me, a New Yorker, said it'd be better to zip on over to LaGuardia anyway. It's going to be a much shorter ride, etc. So we're hanging out probably for another 30, 45 minutes. They finally give us our, our special cookies. I love those those airplane cookies, man. Those things are so good. And um, finally, we take off from LaGuardia, and it's like you don't even get altitude at all. You take off, and then you're immediately landing. I think it took 10 minutes maybe 15 and we're landing at LaGuardia. We land at LaGuardia. We taxi down the thing and the captain comes on and he says, yep, we're at gate 15, but gate 15 is occupied right now. And it's kind of like, Oh man. And then finally about 15 minutes later, he comes on. He's like, well, this gate's going to be occupied for a considerable amount of time, but you're lucky. You guys get to go to gate 16. And we're like, all right, well, let's go. Of course he says gate 16 is occupied at this moment. And we thank you for your patience. And it's starting to get to be some grumbling back there. You know, like, what do you mean? Thank you for your patience. What else are we going to do kind of thing? But finally, we push into the gate, gate 16. We hop off to go to baggage claim because that's what we got to do. And it's like 630. We're still in pretty good shape, but I had to call the theater. I called Majestic Theater and I said, you know what? We're probably not going to be able to make it to our hotel first. Is it okay if we check our you know, can we leave our bags up front if we come straight from the airport to the theater? And they said that is perfectly fine. So that feels good. That's the plan. Now we're going to go straight from the airport. It's about a 30 minute ride, 25 minute ride uh, from LaGuardia to the Majestic Theater. So we're still in good shape, but the bags would never pop up on the screen. Like it just took, I mean, it's a huge airport. It's one of the biggest in the world. I understand, but I'm just saying like, this is where we are and we're waiting and we're waiting and we're waiting. And I walked to the, uh, American Airlines people, I was just going to ask them what, if we didn't take our bags with us, what, what would, what could we do? Um, but anyway, as I was walking back, because that line was way too long, everybody was having issues. Um, I saw my carry on my roll on bag 
um, because it's nice and pink looking. And then I found Sam's and it, you know, I just was fortunate. I was in the right place when I saw our two bags, our flight hadn't even popped up on the screen yet. Sam was over there watching for it. I got, I, I saw him, I grabbed him, I hollered at Sam. I was like, Hey, through the airport. I mean, I'm just yelling like, let's go. And so we're taking off and, and I give him both roller roller bags and we're not sprinting, not even really jogging, but definitely walking fast. Um, my friend Presley used to make fun of the way I walked around town, but I'm sure I had that stroll going on and I'm trying to get the lift and I had the lift, I had it booked and then the app because this, I usually did Uber, but for whatever reason, somebody said to use Lyft in New York. So I did whatever. Um, and it said, you got to confirm your details, whatever. I was like, oh my God. So anyway, I got the details confirmed. We got our car loading zone, whatever it was. I think it was B, whatever, wherever we were. Um, we, we found the place where the Lyft driver was going to pick us up. And it's like seven, I don't know, seven thirty-four when he picked us up. And on the arrival time on the Lyft app, it says 8.07. And so Sam and I are like, okay, well, you know what? We may miss like the, the opening number, stuff like that, but we'll catch most of the show. So we're feeling pretty good. We, we get there. Our guy picks us up. You know, his name was Shandeep. And I was like, hey, you know, we've got tickets at eight at the theater. If, you know, he said, I'll do my best. And that sucker did his best. And Sam and I were just holding on with like, I don't even know. I think we probably breathed some, but this dude was rolling especially as we got into town. I mean, New York driving is crazy anyway, but this guy, I don't, I think it was, I think it was a a Toyota Camry that we were rolling in and he was just zipping through. Like we were about a quarter of an inch away from a Land Rover at one point for about a hundred yards. And it was just like our guy, Shandeep, he was like, what are you going to do? You're going to, you're going to, you're going to sideswipe me. And we won. Like we got in front of the Land Rover and this guy made it happen. I left him a huge lift tip for sure. And we got there. He got us to the theater at like 7.59. We get out, grab our roller bags, like, thank you so much. Going into the theater, knew they would let us check our bags, start just walking straight through. And they're like, hold up, hold up. And, you know, we've got to, we've got to, you, you got to open up your bags and you got to let us, you know, check them. We've got to wand them. And meanwhile, the guy at the door is counting down. Like right when we get there, I think he's at 45 and he's counting down 44, 43, 42, because they're going to close the doors and they're going to close the doors. And once the doors are closed, then that's it. You don't, you don't get in. They're not going to interrupt this production of Phantom on Broadway. And so we're like, oh my God. So we're in this mode, you know, we're so sweaty and nasty, like wearing just the clothes that we wore on the airplane on a hot airplane, sitting on the tarmac all day. That's what we're smelling like. So anyway, but we get in with, and I know that kids use the the word literally these days, you know, but we got in literally with one second as the guy was counting down. Was he going to let us in anyway? Maybe, but we definitely had the countdown going and they're they're over there. The other guys are like, are they going to make it? You know I mean? Just probably some New Yorkers having a good time with us. But we got in the door. We checked our bags. We had to pay $2 each. Sam is checking out where we go. We roll into the theater. I don't know if you're familiar with Phantom. We had we had row B seats, dead center. Like we were dead center. It, I don't know why row B is the third row, but it was. We were three rows back. And 
we got into our seats. We had to shuffle in. The lights are off. We had to shuffle in in front of some people. And we did. We sat down and the, the, the gavel bangs to start the auction at, at the beginning of Phantom. I mean, like, literally, w- one second. We sat down. The show started. Um, oh, man. It was so... It was so crazy. So anyway, that was like mostly the first day. Now I'm going to do something in here. I'm not going to have a halftime and this, this episode may run long. I don't care. This is fun for me. I'm trying to remember all this kind of stuff. I read this book by John Green, um, who wrote the, Anth- it's a, it's, it's based on his podcast called Anthropocene reviewed. And, um, it's just a bunch of short essays. And one of the things he does is he rates things on a five-star scale. You'll understand if you read uh, the beginning of that book, but, um, the phantom performance, you know, instead of having a halftime uh, with the with the music going in like we do usually on this podcast, I'm just going to rate some of these things as we go, not many. So this is kind of like the halftime. Um, but out of five stars, I, I give phantom, I, I mean, I, I give it five. I don't know. I don't know what to what to say. I mean, it was phantom on Broadway. It's probably the third, maybe fourth time I'd seen phantom. But like, as Sam says, the falsetto that the, the guy had singing that was the Phantom was like better than anything we've ever heard, better than any Jean Valjean we've ever heard. I mean, just, it was just phenomenal. Christine was an understudy that night, but she was tremendous. Like just such a powerful, convincing voice. The, the, the scene at the graveyard, the wishing you were somehow here again, that goes into like the, uh, I forget the, uh, the, uh, the song that's after that. I mean, just tremendous. We were right over the chandelier. I mean, just, just beautiful and, and breathtaking. And so for sure, I give it five stars. There's a, you know, at the end, I mean, Phantom is a dark character. Phantom's not like a hero. You kind of end up pulling for him. Kind of. Um, you, you, you try to begin to understand what's going on with the Phantom, but there's this part at the end where he's, where he's hugging Christine and he's letting them go, you know, and, he says, you alone can make my song take flight. Of course, that comes from the song, The Music of the Night. But like I, I had mentioned last podcast about this idea that I've had of hugging darkness, of hugging pain, of hugging death. And that's what I was thinking about at that moment. Like the, the light and the darkness, they, maybe they do go together. Maybe, maybe one does illuminate the other and bring out the, I don't know. It's just something that I was, uh, I was thinking about, but anyway, we, we did it. We made it. Um, I got a Coke in the middle of the, in the middle of the set list and use my new card that I realized I can just tap instead of having to swipe. And that made me glad. Um, Sam got a pin. He, he likes to collect pins to put on his hat and his bags and, uh, things like that. So he got a phantom pin at the at the end, but we, we collected our bags and now we got to walk back to the hotel. We, we could, I guess, take some, some transportation, but at this point, you know, it's whatever, 1030. So we walked, it's a mile, a city mile is, I I think I always thought that this, you know, that's farther than a country mile. I, I guess I always thought that a country mile was farther than a city mile, but if that's what they mean by that phrase, that phrase is wrong because I can walk a mile around here. No problem. But a city mile takes you forever. And it feels like you walked a whole lot longer. So we're walking, carrying our book bags on, on our backs, you know, and, and rolling our, 
our 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 carry-on roll-on bags behind us some like but also just carrying them in our hands because of all the people and not really knowing where we are and following google you know maps as it's telling us which way to walk and i guess it was i don't know 20 minutes 20 30 minute walk to get back and we're we're just nasty you know so we get to the hotel on uh, near hudson yards and I think it was 34th. Yeah. 34th street. We get to our hotel, the courtyard Marriott and I had the mobile key. Like I, I had it, I had it ready. I know what room we were in. We're room 606. So we get there around midnight. We get on the elevator, push six. It doesn't light up. The guy pushes 27 that's on there with us and says, you got to use your key to, you know, ride the elevator. And I'm like, Oh, okay, well, cool. I'll use my mobile key. The mobile key didn't work at this point. And so we rode all the way to 27, all the way back down to the lobby, went over. The front desk folks were kind of like, yep, um, the mobile keys are having some trouble. So here's your here's your card key. Just kind of a fitting into this day of this day of travel. Um, anyway, the hotel was fine. I, I have it on my list here to do. A hotel rating. I mean, it was a courtyard. It was great. You know, the rooms were comfortable. Uh, the towels never would dry out. I don't know what kind of humidity was was up there. The weather in New York was fabulous. I mean, it really was. But um, it was a great hotel. You know, no problem. The people were really good to us. Um, they took care of us. The the bath soap type stuff really smelled good. I'm a big fan of good flavors of smells. So um, yeah, that was a uh, that was day one. And uh, you know what? We're not having a halftime today, so I still like this music. I like to use the music, so we'll do this in between the days. And so day two, we, we woke up, we, we slept fine, and woke up uh, knowing that we were going to go down to the lower end. Um, and so we, we, we woke up, and we were going to walk. We're going to have breakfast, and so we didn't, we didn't get anything to eat. Um, and but we we were we were headed down to this place called Hole in the Wall because my friend Matt said that was his place. Again, it's we're in Midtown, lower end. Um, first time I'd been to New York. I went to New York two months after nine eleven. I don't want to spend much time on that, but 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 Sarah and Jody and Joy and I drove up on a Friday. We stayed in Long Island, took the train in, saw the destruction like before any of the, you know, whatever. I said I wasn't going to spend some time on that, but that was the only time that I had been to New York. So, so really hadn't spent much time in the city doing the things. So again, it says it's three miles, three miles, you know, it feels great outside. It's like 80 degrees. It's, it's, it's cloudy. There's a breeze blowing, you know, and coming from 150, what it's been down here in the South, which uh, with humidity, it just felt great. And so we're like, well, let's just walk. I can walk three, two, 3.2 miles. I'll walk 3.2 miles. I do that here. I do it in about 45 minutes. We've got plenty of time. We're just seeing the things. So we began to walk, and then, I don't know, we walked for like a year, and it finally says you've gone point one, you know, something like that. So finally we get a lift, and we get the lift to take us down to this place called called Hole in the Wall, which is, like I said, again, down on the lower end um, in the financial district, I guess is what it's called. But uh, we, we go to this place, which really is kind of a hole in the wall, and we get a seat outside. Matt, sorry, I, I did know you were coming. Matt Orth, my friend, uh, my pastor, he he says, uh, you know, he's texting with Sam, and he wants to surprise us and meet us there. 
because he knew we were going down there on the Tuesday morning. That was kind of the free time that we had. But I'm a schedule guy, and once I realized that the the breakfast place was going to be open earlier than I had thought, I started to tell Sam, like, let's just go on down, get the day started so we can kind of soak up as much as New York as we can. Plus, we'll probably be hungry, et cetera. And uh, finally, he had to show me the text from Matt. and so. But I I tried to play it off. Matt, if you listen to this, I don't know if you do or not. Um, Sorry, but it was still a great surprise that I found out that you were trying to surprise me um but anyway we get to this place and the the guy that runs the place is aussie and he just reminded me of nick curios like all the best parts of him super tall guy um so friendly just amazing amazing food i got what they called the brekkie roll which was uh i don't know a, a really great type bread i don't know what kind of bread it was uh, a bun of some sort you know and uh, it had like fried egg, it had avocado, it had bacon, it had some type of awesome sauce on there and, uh, uh arugula, which I normally wouldn't think I would be glad about, but it was amazing. I- I'd give this place four and a half stars only because they didn't have sweet potato fries. And that's what uh, Matt had told me. They uh, were the best in the world and, but they didn't have them, but their other fries were really good and, and their coffee was really good. The atmosphere was amazing. The service was great. And then Matt showed up, you know, Matt showed up and had a cup of coffee with us. Um, and that it is his place. That's where they, where he goes, you know, he works right down the street. And so when he rolls up to sit with us, everybody knows him. Like he, he, he gets his coffee for free. That's how often he goes to this place. And so he begins to joke around with the guys and we start to talk to him and have a different kind of level of conversation, which is what happens when you know people, right? Like that's just, how it goes to the part where when we left, you know, the guy, he says, cheers, mate. And I'm not going to try to use my Australian accent. It would blow you away if I did. Um, but he said, cheers, mate, as we left after we had developed this connection, you know, and it daggum nearly made me tear up or it did make, it definitely gave me chills. Um, just that level of knowing somebody only for about 30 minutes, but knowing them through another person that they know, you know, like, and then this, I don't know, mutual recognition. Plus the food was really good. And maybe I was jacked up on coffee. We're not really, um, you know, we're not really tourists. I'm not, I don't care about tourist stuff. So we didn't, I mean, we didn't see the Statue of Liberty. We didn't, we didn't do New York Tory type things, but Matt works there. Matt works at uh, the largest Chick-fil-A in the world. Um, and so we uh, we walked around some with him. He showed us around a little bit what, the areas where he spends and uh, his time. And he took us to the Chick-fil-A and we went up on the rooftop and all that kind of stuff and saw and met his doorman, James, and like just could see the connection. Matt makes connections. It's what he does. It's, it's why he's still my pastor, even though he's in New York. And like... Um, you know, uh, uh, we, we, we went up on the rooftop. Did I say that already? Maybe. Um, but he, we walked around. We went down to see the Brooklyn Bridge. And uh, I guess that was the Hudson River that maybe that was that. And, you know, we, 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 we saw uh, the 9-11 memorials, the deep wells that they have uh, with the fountains running in them. Just amazing. And, and that I had been there 20, you know, 20 years before. 21. 20, yeah. 21. Yeah. And, uh, that was cool. That was, um, very well done. Beautiful, haunting, 
um, the emptiness and the hope, you know, that kind of, and, and then the new building that they built, One World Trade, which is which is right beside it. And um, really, really cool. We went through the Oculus and all that kind of stuff. And um, But we toured around. It was a great time hearing from Matt and, like, just getting a sense of what New York is. You know, I don't know what the, the rap is for New York, but, like, there's a grittiness, you know? Like, I, I began to understand. Not, I don't think understand, but, like, have an understanding, like be, develop an awareness of what it means to make it in the city because it takes, it has to take weeks and weeks, if not months and months, just to learn how to navigate the place, just to know what trains to get on and, and when and how and whatever, like all of the things that are going on in this massive city with everybody just there, but everybody there is focused. They're, they're going somewhere. Like when the people beat their horn at you when you're driving, you know, down here people beat the horn and they're pissed. Like they're just ready to fight you, even though I don't think they really would fight you. Um, maybe they would. I don't know anymore. But people just get really angry down here. But up there it's just, it's time to go, you know. It's not like, it's not like they have a ton of patience. I don't necessarily mean it like they're friendly beeping. But I'm just saying like they're not beeping and then also feeling the anger. They're just, they need, there's somewhere to be and they need to be there. And everybody's like that where they're walking, they're, they're heading somewhere. They're, they're trying to make it in the city and the sense of, if you do make it, even if you don't reach the highest levels, if you do make it to a certain extent, because a lot of people obviously get chewed up, you know, and, and, and crushed in this grind. But if you do make it, like if you, if you succeed, if you have some type of success in the city, what kind of pride does that breed, you know? And I could sense that a little bit walking around with Matt. Now, it does hit all of your senses. There are a ton of sounds, all the smells you could possibly imagine. I mean, just sights and flashing lights and buildings and just, oh, man, it's wild. It's wild. And that even that, I think, would probably take a little bit of time. Matt showed us how to get a Metro card and to you know, understand what the signs were saying with, with the subway and all that kind of stuff. So Sam and I took the subway back uh, to Midtown. No big deal. We're just here riding the subway. Um, we went to a place called, uh, man, I don't even know. I'm going to call it Old Town Coffee, but I don't think that's what it even is called. Um, it's my spot. Like, you know, it's the guy, I'm a city guy. I'm basically a city guy, basically a New Yorker now. And so I just, it's my local spot, you know. And so because it's my local spot that I go to all the time, I don't even remember the name. So we'll just call it Old Town Coffee. I'm sure I'll find out the real name and I'll, cor I'll correct it. We were going to get a bagel because New York and maybe some cheesecake. But at this point, the kitchen was closed. Um, so we got I got a muffin. Blueberry muffin was amazing. The coffee was really good. Sam got what he thought was a macchiato like you would get at, at uh, Starbucks. But it was like in a, a tiny swish cup, you know, like. It was just a shot of whatever, espresso, maybe even a double shot. And he said it tastes like, well, I can't say that word on here. Um, he was not a big fan. So he got, uh, we got him a, a latte instead. Um, and we do that. And then we went back and just chilled for a little bit at the the hotel. And then we took the seven train because now we're, we're New Yorkers and we know how to ride the subway. And you take the seven train to get to City Field, which is where the Mets were playing. And so we took the seven train up, um, 10 stops got off at the city field exit, walked. I like to get there early. We're there 30 minutes before the gates open. 
um, at 4.30. The gates opened at 5. Uh, and so here we are in line, about six deep. We're there having to stand and wait. You know, Now at this point, Sam thinks that we have outfield seats because I'm never good at keeping secrets. But I had told the rest of the family where the seats really were. But I kept it from Sam until we walked in. And we, we finally walked in through the Jackie Rotunda, Jackie Robinson Rotunda. And then we go through to our seats and we walk through the Delta Sky Club, which is, I mean, this is what's up. It's got its own little restaurant. It's got its own little bar. It's got its own separate restrooms that are all air conditioned and feel so nice. Um, and then we walk down to our seats, which were on the 11th row, dead center, right behind home plate. And we could, and Sam was just like, what? You know, and it was awesome, man. It was so awesome. And um, the Yankees were in town. It was the Yankees versus the Mets, the Subway Series. And we ordered our food and they brought it to us in our padded seats for my kid's 18th birthday. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I enjoyed it myself. We watched batting practice. We saw Rizzo take some BP for the Yanks. We saw Aaron Judge out there. Um, the Mets had already gone before we got in. Daryl Strawberry threw out the first pitch. And, uh, and you know, the uh, the anthem was phenomenal. And it was great, man. It was such an awesome game. It was an awesome game. Uh, four, you know, the Yankees scored two on back-to-back home runs, Judge and Rizzo in the first. And then the Mets come back and score four to go up four to two. It ends up being a five-to-three game, I believe. At the end, when when the closer for the Mets comes in, there's these trumpets play. Oh, man, it's got to be the best intro in sports. Should look it up. It's awesome. I forget his name. Because uh, I'm a huge Mets fan. Like, I'm a Mets fan now. Um, and so since I'm, since I'm such a huge Mets fan, I forgot the name of the closer. Because, like, I mean, we just know each other so well. But when they blow those trumpets, man, oh, God, I got hype. But, like, the best part of the game, let me, let me, That music's called Division. So it divides, you know, little, little break here. I, I just want to say this right quick. Like, the, the game was amazing. Like, I love baseball. Sam loves baseball. We love sports. The seats, you know, where we were, the whole atmosphere was just tremendous. And it's not like we will forget that. But, like, the things that you really remember, it, it was the, the guys behind us. There were, like, four or five guys that were there together that reminded you of the characters in – Goodwill Hunting, if you've seen that movie, like they're just yapping and at each other the whole time. A couple of them were Yankees guys, a couple of them were Mets guys, and they got increasingly louder as they enjoyed their beverages through the game, but knew the game, like knew the game. You know, we're saying the things, but just hollering, talking about how hot their chicken sandwich was and how it needed a piece of lettuce. Or, oh man, it just needed a little mayo, man, just a little mayo, but just talking the whole time running commentary and Sam and I were dying laughing. I mean, just looking at each other, these guys provided just the comedy backdrop um, for the whole time. And it's those types of things. Like it's, it's those types of connections. It's the, it's the inside joke. Yeah. You know, me and my buddies just went to see fish in Raleigh last night and the show was amazing. Right. But like the inside language that we now have, I mean, I can be with my friends that I graduated high school with and talk about my shoes and call them pooks because of a game that we played called Balderdash in 1995, where we began to call shoes pooks based on somebody's, you know, answering. 
and and like those types of connections, those types of relationships, the the, the connection that you make with the guy at Hole in the Wall, you know, the, the the people on the subway that that say things that make you laugh or whatever, the the looks that we share when the plane lands, you know, and Sam's first landing and the wheel hits pretty hard, you know, like those are the things that are those are the things that are real. Going to school is fine and classes and all that kind of stuff. I don't remember very many of my teachers. I remember the ones that stand out. But I remember the inside conversations, the special connections. And that's what's cool about, um, that's what was really cool about being in New York and, and hearing those guys and all that kind of stuff. Anyway. I don't know why I hit the division sign there again because we're really not done with day two quite yet because after the game and the Mets win, we had to catch the seven train back home. Well, we didn't have to, but we did. We caught it back home. Oh, my God. It was packed. Like, I've never been on anything like that since I was in India. I mean, it was just packed with Mets fans mostly, but some Yankees fans, and they were loud, and the Mets fans were talking mad junk, and the Yankees fans were still saying, yeah, but we own y'all. We're the champions. When's the last time you won it? But but whatever, the Mets won that night. And so the Mets fans were super loud. They got to talking about the Jets quarterback, which you should look that up. That's an interesting story about what his girlfriend said about his mom's friend. But anyway, um, but they talked about that, and that joke was hilarious. And as we went through stops, more and more people would get off by the time that we got to Hudson Street. Like, it was just a few of us left on the train. We got off, walked up to our hotel because we knew what we were doing because we're New Yorkers. And... uh yeah, that was day two. All right, day three. Um, this one's not quite as long. We'll, we'll wrap up here, I think, in about 10 minutes or so. We'll see. Uh, I woke up first. You know, we didn't have a whole lot going on day three. We, it's moving day, kind of. So I woke up and went down to my coffee spot, Old Town Road. Old Town Coffee, whatever, whatever. Um, I promise I'll, I'll correct the name of that coffee shop on the Instagram DT underscore madness so that you can know where to go when you're by Hudson Yards. But I, I let Sam sleep in a little bit and woke up, went down, got got, got a coffee and got my bagel, which did not disappoint. Um, the kids say, how do the kids say a bagel in New York? It just hits different, you know? And so uh, it really was phenomenal. And it was a beautiful day in the, in, in the, you know, Sam and I had sat out and people watched for a while at these tables outside a, a, a while before. So I went back there and just let the breeze blow. It was a little bit sunnier today, so a little bit warmer, but still, like, just felt so good. And so I sat down there uh, and waited until Sam got up, and then we, you know, we checked out. He got his own coffee, and I think he got a bagel as well with the everything stuff. And then we had to figure out how to get to the Long Island Railroad, which is not the same as the subway. And we had to figure that out. And finally, we asked enough people, and we found the uh, the station that we had to go into. Beautiful. I mean, clean, like, open. And the people were very helpful. You know, I don't know where the stereotype of New Yorkers comes from. I guess I had thought maybe they would be rude and, like, dismissive and impatient and all that kind of stuff. But they just weren't. They just weren't. Uh, in fact, in a lot of ways, I felt more comfortable and more peaceful with the people up there than I do with the folks around here all the time, you know, who play nice, but maybe anyway, I'm not trying to critique the South right now. The New Yorkers were great. 
Um, they answer our questions. We got our, we got our Long Island Railroad, the uh, L-I-R-R, because we're New Yorkers. That's what we call it. Um, it took us about 55 minutes of a train ride, and so we're just riding. And we're out of the city now. We're heading to, to Long Island, to Jones Beach, um, which looked a lot different. It looked a lot like Gastonia uh, on the way. Uh, once we got off the train, we had about a 20-minute walk. Where here we are walking down, kind of like Ocean Lakes is what it felt felt like to me, Ocean Lakes and Myrtle Beach. And so, you know, just a bunch of beach houses, but they're flowers now, and they're different types of shops. And here's here's two tourist dudes walking with their backpacks and their roller bags. Um, we get to our hotel, which is Jones Beach Hotel. Very small, local, quaint, beautiful, clean. The people were amazing. Um, I, I think... They uh, probably had some some Greek backgrounds, um, but just phenomenal people. And so we get in. I actually ordered. Well, what, what do we got? A Fat Boy's burrito. We got a we got a lift ride to Fat Boy burrito. Sam got like a chicken finger macaroni. Oh man, it was so good. I ordered a a cup of queso because I thought maybe some chips would come along. They didn't, so we just had this big bowl of cheese. But we're just chilling, man. We're just chilling. We make it back to the hotel. I actually got Uber Eats for the first time because I wanted to drink a little bit of coffee to try to stay awake after these few days. And so I got my $16 Uber Eats donkey coffee. Worth it. Um, Jones Beach Hotel. Um, yeah, what? I don't know. Four stars. Four and a half stars. Five. I don't know. It was great. We had a good time. So my rating system's not very good, I don't guess. Um, I sat around for a little bit just in this park, kind of detoxing maybe a little bit from the city. I do like the open, I do like the open spaces, but then we got our, we got our Uber, our, sorry, our lift down to the show. We, we make it down to Jones Beach Amphitheater early, standing in line to get in. Uh, the venue, Jones Beach Amphitheater is phenomenal at uh, Long Island. I mean, just beautiful, overlooking whatever water that is. I mean, the ocean back in the background, but. I don't know if that's a sound or if that's a river, whatever it is, man, just strikingly beautiful. And we were, you know, kind of in the first tier up, but in seats and dead center. And the, um, the show is awesome. I mean, it's fish, man. They, they're rocking and they are on point. The, the, the tightest band, whatever people like different things, but they're the tightest band in the land. So, um, we, we, we got our lift home. I mean, you know, we had all the fun at the show, crazy people, lots of crazy people. It was a fish show. Uh, we hung out, Sam got a, got some merch. We, I got some soft serve ice cream. Oh man, that was so good. And you know, we're, we're, we're boogieing down and Sam's first fish show and, um, sweaty and, but the breeze was amazing. And the people beside us were really cool. Mostly. Uh, Sam, you know, has been to a couple of concerts like that before, but not anything quite like fish, uh, maybe especially in Long Island. Um, but we got our lift home. It worked out. This amphitheater is kind of known for turning into a parking lot on the way home, but we got our guy to, to just timed out just right. You know, maybe it was the karma from, from the first travel day, but it timed out just right. We were only 10 minutes away. Uh, that our guy was able to pick us up, get us home, and uh, that was it. You know, we 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 ended up going to sleep, knowing that we were going to wake up early and head back to 
the uh, to JFK. We did. We we got our lift the next morning to JFK. Our flight was on time. Um, our lift driver was named Crack Jesus NFY. I think you can look him up on Instagram. He had Instagram stickers in the back of his car, so I did look him up. And and he's a he's a rapper, and he had been shot in the shoulder, as you can tell from the Instagram. So that was quite the uh, experience looking at his Instagram while we're riding, but it was a cool drive. The guy was super friendly to us, um, got us to the airport in plenty of time. Uh, of course, I mean, that's how we roll. Get through JFK was, um, I don't know, not as not as smooth as LaGuardia, not as smooth as Charlotte, I didn't think. Um, but whatever, we had all the time. So we get there, we get our, our donkey, our donkey coffee and, and uh, egg sandwich or whatever. Get on the plane. This time we do have the first class seats. So we're sitting up there in the nice, comfortable spots beside each other. Um, this guy gets on the plane with a fish shirt on. And I'm like, hey, man, you going to Raleigh? And he's like, yeah, I'm going to Raleigh. And sure enough, I saw that dude at the uh, at the show in Raleigh. And he recognized me. I got a selfie with him. I, I think I put it on my story. Um, the flight was beautiful. It was not bumpy at all. It was like floating on air, which I guess is what we were doing. And, you know, Sam was able to see the cloud formations and, you know, he had never seen anything quite like that before. And even if you have seen it, I don't know when that gets old. Maybe it does. I don't fly a lot, uh, but just, just amazing. So we, fl- we, we, we land in Charlotte. We don't have to check our bags this time. Our bags are on the plane. Uh, we get into the, uh, the Camry that I call Lizzie and drive on home. And there we were. And it was quite the whirlwind trip. Um, so, you know what, we, we've, we, we've, I've done a couple of ratings and, and this was my boy's 18th birthday. And we told some people that as we were up there. And of course they, they were, they treated him so well, the Mets workers at the game, like the attendants that were, that were there, those guys all treated us so well. And, you know, gave Sam fist bumps for his for his birthday and told us that we need to come back when he's twenty one, you know, and all this kind of stuff. Like just just amazing. Sam since had his his tennis banquet, which which finally got scheduled. Um, that was just yesterday. And, and again, you know, another one of those things, like these dudes, Sam and three of his friends, have had tremendous success over the past six years, but especially senior year, they went to the final four in the state. Um, and so as the coaches reading out all of those awards and all of those accolades uh, that, that they had earned, you know, one of the things that happened Sam's freshman year is he missed some matches because he, cause he had appendicitis. He had to get his, his appendix out and coach was talking about that. Um, and one of his, one of his teammates was like, ah, you could have played through that. And they laughed. And that's the thing. It's those connections that I was mentioning earlier. Um, and so I, you know, I don't know what, how many stars I would need to rate you know, my, my 18 year old who's getting ready to go to getting ready to go to app state for college. I told those guys yesterday that the people that they are going to encounter are the blessed ones. And you know what? We, we've got some things, you know what? My kid, my, my first kid is getting ready to go to college as our, as our school season, as our new season starts underway, it'll be different. It'll be different here in the house. And no doubt that our family is is wrestling through all that, as all families who have to wrestle through this do. You know, younger brothers and younger younger sister and younger brother and like the parents and 
what will the routine be like? And we don't have a driver anymore, you know, quite yet. Sydney will be there soon. And it'll be a change. But as I told somebody the other day, it's, you know what? It just keeps getting better. It just does. It just keeps getting better. Even the hard parts. Some days are tough. Some days are really tough, but it just keeps getting better. And so now we'll get to go visit this kid in Boone. Get to hear his stories and meet the friends that he's made and develop those connections over a few minutes like we made with the guy at the hole in the wall and maybe even say cheers, mate. And those new things will happen. And our other kids, you know, Sid and Isaac will begin to develop in their own ways. And then I know they can't tell, but in just a few short years, they'll be driving. They'll be making decisions about what's next. And it's a beautiful thing. I do understand what people mean when they say time, you know, stop, stop time or like stop. What do they say? There's a, there's a phrase that people say, uh, just slow down. But I, I love it. It, it, It's something that's always been amazing to me how, you know, this too shall pass, but it, the passing of it all, the, the flow of it all, those relationships, those connections that you get to develop and, and getting through the ones that, that disintegrate, getting through the heartbreak, getting through the tough times, but finding out who your people are. So I don't know. I give my, I give my boy in our New York trip, uh, whatever, a zillion stars because he's, you know, the, the thing about all of the kids is they earn their things. They get their recognitions they are all region. They are all conference. They are players of the year. They are, you know, the, the highest score achievers. They are those things. They get those, but they're kind and they're gentle and they're gracious and they're generous. That's what's real. Anyway, I kind of ventured off the path here. They played a song Fish did called Fluffhead uh, while we were up there, and it says Fluff came to New York, so that's why. The title, but this is definitely a record-breaking episode. 50 minutes, 32 seconds. Tomorrow is August, and, you know, next week things will be kicking back into gear. Sydney's tennis practice starts up. Um, We'll be getting school supplies and thinking about packing lunches. You know, thinking about what do we got to take up to Boone to to move into Summit Hall and, you know, learning a whole brand new rhythm. And it'll have its tough parts. It will. But I got a feeling it's going to be really grand. I got a feeling it will. This has been a Church of Six production brought to you by the Bucket of Life. by the foundation tower of stone by the wall of belief and by the magic rock don't forget to be live y'all peace my friends